There you go. Four punch, five punch, six punch combination. Body shot, body shot. Bang, 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 bang. Telling him not to counter punch. Welcome, fight fans. It's time for the main event of the week. This is the 35th episode of the Fight City Podcast. My name is Alden Kodash, and I'll be your host, joined by the editor-in-chief of thefightcity.com. We have Michael Carbert with us. How are you tonight, Michael? I'm doing well, Alden. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Tis the season. It's been a really great year, right about to head into the holidays, and we still have some great fights underway to conclude 2019 which has uh, been pretty fun filled we'll be discussing some of the best fights this year later on in the podcast but last night we had another great action fight we had Jermel Charlo winning back his 154 pound WBC title against Tony Harrison who beat him nearly a year ago in a surprise decision upset Charlo won the fight by 11th round stoppage in Ontario California he scored a knockdown in the second round appeared to lose most of the middle rounds against Tony Harrison, who was surprisingly got off the canvas in the second round to back him up most of the time. And then he just kind of lost focus, stayed in no man's land, stayed in the pocket too long and got knocked out in the 11th round. Simple as that. And Jermel Charlo's back into the picture. So this kind of uh, makes for some interesting matchups, both for Harrison and Charlo, because Harrison didn't really disgrace himself in any way in there. And Charlo, of course, now that he has a title, could be facing J-Rock Williams next year. Uh, PBC has a pretty strong stakehold at 154. Any fights really make you excited? Well, naturally, uh, uh, Charlo versus Williams is a, seems like an obvious, uh, terrific matchup that should be made. And uh, Charlo set himself up for that quite nicely last night. But I have to also say that I would be all in favor of, you know, Charlo Harrison 3. I mean, I think yeah. boxing boxing suffers currently from a lack of, of meaningful and interesting rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two great fights. Uh, it's 1-1. Why not go for the rubber match? So I, either of those matches would be highly attractive to me. Um, so I can go either way. You know why I think that is? I think it's because in today's sport – Fighters and a lot of contemporary fans view unifications, view these titles as more important than these type of rivalries. Because when you lose a fight, you know, you're in a situation now where if you fight the man again, you are fighting someone who is not a fellow champion that you could unify a division with. And what is on Charlo's mind is unifying 154 with unified champion Julian J. Rock Williams, which is probably another great fight, but. I agree with you. Yep. I think Tony Harrison, the uh, way he fought, my, most people thought he was winning the fight, not two of the three judges going into the 11th round, but he was making a very strong showing for himself. You know, walking down a puncher like Jermel Charlo is not an easy task. Uh, I think he was doing it very well for most of the fight. I think he uh, just kind of stepped off the gas pedal a little bit and stayed in the pocket too long and got caught. But, And, you know, I I think I'd love to see him in against many of the best fighters at 154. I'm talking Erickson Lubin, who is mandatory for Charlo again, uh, who previously knocked him out years ago. Talking Jared Hurd, if for some reason he could still make 154. Even Erislandi Lara, 
who's uh, coming off an action-packed draw over uh, Brian Castaño, another great fighter. Um, but yeah, it's a exciting year for 154. Certainly top, or excuse me, certainly Al Heyman and PBC have a lot of great fights they can make at 147 and 154. Unfortunately, uh, they don't seem currently to be very amenable to the Crawford-Spence fight. Um, but we'll see how Spence recovers. He certainly didn't sound so hot in his interview on PBC last night. But looking forward to the future, we have Stephen Butler, Montreal base, going for his first world title shot against Ryota Murata, Japanese WBA middleweight champion in Japan. Uh, Murata is a huge puncher, technically limited. He's been beaten twice. Uh, he's coming off uh, a couple fights ago, a decisive loss to Rob Brandt, who he decisively knocked out in a rematch via knockout. Uh, Stephen Butler, though, he, uh, if he could avoid the power, he could certainly do really big things for Eye of the Tiger and Montreal boxing scene. What is your take of tomorrow's fight? Well, it's a for Montreal fight fans, this is, you know, this has the potential to be fight of the year for more reasons than one. Mm-hmm. And it's another reason why when it comes to year-end awards, I always say you got to wait until the actual end of the year. Um, you mentioned uh, Murata's power. Well, uh, Stephen Butler has pretty good power himself. Hmm. He's also a very fast starter. I've had the privilege of uh, seeing him fight a number of times live in Montreal. Uh, he, he's an impressive talent. Um, there are questions about his um, his mental uh, stamina. Um, he had a less than impressive showing uh, for Golden Boy earlier in the year. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he has his, he's had his exceptional performances. He's got more than a few early knockouts. He's, he had a defeat to Brandon Cook, um, mm-hmm. in Montreal, which sparked a riot, by the way, at the Bell Center, wow. um, a couple years, a couple years back. Uh, that was a memorable night. Um, were you there? So, <laughs> sorry? Were you there? I was not there, but our correspondent Zachary Alapi was there, Ooh. and um, you know he wrote about it recently on the on the site um, because Eye of the Tiger actually they were I don't know if they were officially banned exactly, but that was their last card that they did at the Bell Center for quite some time. The people mm-hmm. at the Bell Center naturally were not too happy um, after there was a riot in the arena. And uh, they just recently had kind of a triumphant return to the Bell Center um, with uh, uh, the the uh, David uh, Lemieux uh, comeback fight, mm. which, by the way, is another excellent fight uh, that we shouldn't re- shouldn't forget. Uh, that was a sensational action fight, Lemieux's uh, comeback uh, win, which was a close one. Um, getting off track there, but. Uh, no, Stephen Butler has already put together a really interesting career, but he's still very young, and this is a big, big opportunity for him. And there's no uh, underestimating the impact it would have for both him and for boxing in Montreal if he can return from Japan with a world title belt. So by the time that uh, those of you listening to this right now, the fight's already happened. Um I'm hoping Butler gets the win. It would be uh, huge, huge for for him, for either Tiger management, and for Montreal boxing. So hopefully that's what happens. 
Yeah. Uh, he is going up against a big puncher in Ryota Murata, and they're fighting for the regular WBA middleweight championship, but I wouldn't uh, undervalue that title right now because Canelo Alvarez seems to have all intentions of vacating uh, or at least moving up to at least 168. He just won the light heavyweight WBO title against Kovalov in November. But I can't really see him staying at 160 too much longer. You know, we already had Danny Jacobs making his 168-pound debut on Friday. Uh, it's kind of running out of top-level opposition at 160 right now, besides Triple G, who he seems to have no intention of getting back in the ring with. Um, but yeah, it seems like 168 is the future, so this fight really is important for Butler because he can find himself as the legitimate, as a legitimate title holder at 160 if he wins this fight and set himself up for big unifications in 2020. So a lot on the line for Stephen Bang Bang Butler. Let's hope him the best uh, and hope Eye of the Tiger the best as well. So also in the news, we have Lee Wiley releasing another brilliant video, his top five pound-for-pound pound analysis of Lomachenko, Alexander Usyk, Terence Crawford, Naoya Inouye, and Canelo Alvarez. You know, we live in a time where it's you could make a case for at least four out of the five of those top five pound-for-pound pound fighters of who you think is the best in the world pound-for-pound. Pound. I mean, you got Ring Magazine and, and the Transnational uh, rankings having Canelo as the best pound-for-pound. Pound. You have uh, several other outlets thinking Lomachenko is the best pound-for-pound. Pound. I know Crawford has worn that title before as well. In a way, in Usyk, you might hear less of them at the number one spot, but they're certainly make a strong case that they're two or three uh, by many standards. And, you know, this is a far cry from when guys like Mayweather and Pacquiao and Mayweather's absence uh, and his periodic retirements just kind of hogged the number one pound for pound spot for much of uh, this decade, really. So I think, you know, with this level of competition and some of these great fights getting made, we're in a pretty, pretty good time. And uh, Wiley's video just dissects each of those five idiosyncrasies and their individual talents that arguably make them one of the best in the world pound for pound. So what is uh, what is your take of that video? Oh, well, I, I definitely want to take a moment and give a plug for the brilliant work of Lee Wiley. I mean, not just in terms of, of boxing analysis, but the way he crafts his videos. I've mm. been working with Lee now for a few years, um, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the site's association with Lee. Um, and, and what gets overlooked, is, is, I mean, he is, without a doubt, um, a most astute analyst in terms yeah. of boxing uh, tactics and skills and and stratagems and so on but what i love too is is the care he takes with the videos themselves uh the music um how he, how he makes them them flow and and and, and uh, he always creates uh, very effective endings um the videos are really works of art and mm. uh, so i i would like to to say something about that and encourage everybody to watch the videos in that light as well as just from the uh, in in addition to uh, learning something about boxing when watching them um so yeah it's another brilliant video from lee and um he, he doesn't go out of his way to like really rank the top five and say this one's number one this one's number five it's mm -hmm. more highlighting the fact that these are the five best in his view pound for pound in the sport today and it's yeah it's really hard to argue against the five that he's chosen um personally i think lomachenko deserves 
still to be regarded as number one in the world pound for pound. I don't understand what he's done to lose uh, his number one ranking, which seemed to be universally accepted not that long ago. Um, yes, Canelo knocking out Kovalev is significant, but, uh, you know, there's a lot we now know about that fight that, that, you know, it's still an impressive win, an impressive performance from Canelo. But I, I just, for me, I mean, the best talent, the, the guy who really is at the top of his game. And I mean, come on, he's purposely moved up in weight and is competing against naturally bigger guys. And he's winning in impressive fashion every time out. So for me, Lomachenko is number one pound for pound. Um, but yes, it's a terrific video, and I recommend that uh, all enthusiasts of the sweet science uh, go, to, go to the website and check it out. Well, ESPN and their uh, conglomeration of boxing analysts agree with you that Lomachenko, uh, by a tally of votes and averaging, he is the best pound-for-pound pound, uh, in their view, followed by Crawford and then Alvarez. So uh, there are plenty of outlets and analysts that do agree and take your position that Lomachenko is the best. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we discussed this earlier, but do you think Lomachenko and just some of his dominant no Moss type victories against Rigandau, against Nicholas Walters, and dominant showings over Linares and uh, Gary Russell Jr. Do you think he just set the bar too high for himself, such that when he fights guys like Pedraza and Luke Campbell that are so physically bigger than him that uh, <laughs> he's just he's uh, just going up against too big of a mountain? Well, I. Yeah, I mean, he has set the, the standard ridiculously high, as you say, and that may be a factor in this. I mean, the other thing to note, of course, is that pound-for-pound pound lists are kind of, you know, I don't take them very seriously anyway. Um, it, it They've become, pound-for-pound pound lists have become very important, in part yeah. because we, the current era of boxing, there's kind of a vacuum because we don't get to see the meaningful fights as often as we would like. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why we have rankings. There's a reason we have champions. It's actually supposed to all work so that the best fight the best on a, on a very regular basis. But boxing in its current form, that doesn't actually happen. So pound-for-pound pound lists become more significant, because naturally we want to try and get a sense of who the best fighters really are. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you make a good point. I, I think I think Lomachenko has set the bar exceptionally high, and I do think that it becomes easy to take him for granted, in part because he has been so dominant. And when you make top professionals, champions, one after the other, surrender, quit. I mean, in a way, that's more impressive than scoring knockouts. And yeah. uh, uh, no, in my yeah yeah, I think you make a good point. And for me, there's there's no doubt. I mean, in terms of just sheer skill and versatility and, and talent, um, he's at the top. Yeah, he introduces a lot of new aspects to the game that uh, we don't always see. A lot of the shifting and the footwork, the aggressive footwork that we've seen from Lomachenko uh, and what you could see in Wiley's video are very, uh, very novel skills um, that we just don't often see in this day and age, and uh, he's got a big fight ahead of him, most likely in April, as we've been hearing, probably in the Garden against new IBF lightweight champion 
Teofimo Lopez. Uh, had the pleasure of watching him with his dynamic first round knockout or second round knockout victory uh, in the Garden against Richard Comey. You know that should be an amazing fight next year for Lomachenko, and and hopefully the kind of fight that gives him the credit he deserves to maybe put himself apart in the pound for pound rankings. But you can't really, uh, you know, I mean he's up he's up against some very hot pound-for-pound contenders as well. We just happen to be in a very talent-rich era of boxing uh, where so many guys have a pretty good case for that top spot. And, uh, yeah, it's going to take an impressive victory over Teofimo to make that clear, more clear to many, that, you know, we're dealing with another level-type talent in Vasily Lomachenko. But in terms of this year, you know, we're about to go into the Fight City's year-end awards, but for the sake of this podcast... It's just discuss the fight of the year because there is just so much content to discuss. I mean, you know, I could think of more than nine, ten fights this year that have uh, a valid case as at least a strong candidate for fight of the year. Uh, some in, in the not too recent past, you know, in other years, Tony Harrison and Jamal Charlo, too, might have been a candidate for fight of the year. But unfortunately, that didn't make the list. We have several others, though. Uh, my pick, personally, for fight of the year is Josh Taylor versus Regis Progre, but I'm sure many others are picking Inouye versus Donaire, another great fight. Uh, Spence versus Porter, another great fight. Julian J. Rock Williams versus Jared Hurd, great fight. You know, it just the list goes on and on, and of course we have several more that we want to discuss, but uh, in terms of an early favorite, or in terms of just a fight that really stuck out to you, uh, what do you think is the best fight of 20, 2019? Uh, well, I, I can't really answer that question, Alden. Um, <laughs> I'd be, I'm reluctant to point my finger at, at any one specific fight. I agree. It's been a rich year. There have been a lot of terrific matchups, and a lot have come just in the last few months. Um, uh, one that uh, I watched and, and that made a big impression was Golovkin versus Derevchenko, just from uh, the, the perspective of, of, of sheer brutality. Yeah. I mean that was that was a that was a top level slugfest, and those guys were both absorbing tremendous punishment, dishing it out and catching it. Uh, that was that was a terrific matchup, terrific battle, very close. Um, after twelve rounds, in my opinion, it was. I, I wasn't among those who felt that uh, Derevchenko clearly deserved the win. I, I didn't agree with that, although a lot a lot of people seemed to be saying that at the end. Um, I thought it was just a very, very close match, and uh, and Golovkin kind of squeaked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great fights, and it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to put together a uh, short list of candidates and then discuss a winner. Um, but yeah, there's there's it's always great when when boxing gives us a year like this with a lot of action-packed, exciting fights. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. We also have Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua 1. Probably the round of the year is the third round and definitely the upset of the year. Uh, one of the biggest shockers in the last 20 years of heavyweight boxing and just all of boxing in general. Uh, unfortunately, it was a little bit overshadowed by the rematch, which in many ways or in every way, plus more, uh, just did not live up to the hype and didn't do the first fight justice in terms of this Andy Ruiz uh, feel-good story that 
we all fell in love with back in June. But it's another fight that I'm sure will have fight of the year written all over it from many news outlets, and rightfully so. Uh, fortunately, we at the Fight City had the pleasure of being able to cover that fight, probably one of the most uh, shocking events I've ever been seated at, uh, uh, personally. And But yeah, you know, we have plenty to pick from. My, my pick is with Taylor versus Progre. I thought that was just the most consistent, high-level, uh, high-skilled, um, back-and-forth type action fight imaginable. Just two of the best fighters fighting each other and showing why we need to see more of that. And I hope we do in 2020 in terms of these top-level unification matchups. Um, so my pick is with Taylor Progre. Uh, I'm sure other people will disagree. I hope they do. I love to duke it out back and forth on many of these picks because we just have so much great fights uh, to, um, to consider in 2019. Uh, but the year's not over. And the one fight that we want to note going into next week is Badu Jack versus Jean Pascal. Uh, not only will that be a entertaining fight, I think, but you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, the type of fight that makes you kind of reminisce of the fascinating and, and fabulous career of Jean Pascal, a great champion from Canada, uh, who has one last chance, it seems like, to make his impact on the boxing world. Uh, what do you make of the fight and, and in the broader perspective, Jean Pascal's legacy? Well, that's another reason. This matchup is another reason to definitely wait. You've got to wait until January 1st before you start making firm decisions about your uh, fights of the year and fighter of the year, upset of the year, etc. Yeah. I mean... You never know. This could be a real barn burner. I mean, uh, I mean, the bottom line is uh, anything is possible when it comes to Jean Pascal, as he's shown us more than once. Nobody expected him to be a world champion at this point in time. And he's the underdog going into this fight. But he's also the defending champion uh, coming off that big upset win. And you never know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Jean Pascal has shown... I mean, I know I was among those who kind of wrote him off after his uh, defeat to Bernard Hopkins all those years ago. Um, and then he he suffered a, a two stoppage losses to Sergei Kovalev, both in pretty brutal fashion. He took a lot of punishment. Yeah. And, and so there was more than one person, including myself, saying, yeah, maybe retirement makes sense at this point in time for, for the good of his health. Um Instead, he soldiered on, and, uh, you know, he's at this point, I think you can make the argument he's potentially a Hall of Famer. Um, he's, he's won numerous titles. He's, he's scored numerous upsets, and he has, he has carved out a unique place for himself in, in recent boxing history and in terms of Canadian boxing history. And so, you know, he deserves... He deserves credit. He deserves uh, some 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 uh, support and some some tributes because yeah, that's the other side of this. The expectation is Badu Jack will be just a little bit uh, fresher, a little bit sharper. He's a little younger, and that uh, nobody's going to be at all surprised if if it's Badu Jack getting the win. At which point, again. You, it seems logical to be saying maybe it's time for Jean Pascal to uh, ride off into the sunset. 
And again, at which point then it's appropriate to look back and, and pay tribute to a to a an outstanding competitor and a guy who, you know, every time he got into the ring, he gave it his all. Uh, he left it all in the ring and uh, he scored some remarkable wins and done himself proud. So we had the opportunity to interview some uh, notables in the, uh, on the Montreal fight scene and talk about John Pascal's career. And that was a, 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 a pleasure of mine to do that. Yeah, so next up, we'll have Shaquille Finn and David Loiseau, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, touching on the legacy of Jean Pascal. So we'll bring you to Shaquille Finn, super middleweight contender. I'm here with rising super middleweight contender Shaquille Finn. And I want to get your take as a fellow Montreal fighter on the resurrection of Jean Pascal. Uh, I feel what Jean is doing right now is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, nobody expected him to beat Marcus Brown, uh, and he did. He knocked well. He knocked him down, I think, twice, almost three times. And obviously there was a clash of heads, but he was winning on the scorecard, so they gave it to him. And uh, it was you know, a legit like, victory. Yeah, a legit yeah. victory. Um, and uh yeah i feel like and then he's i feel like he just resurrected himself mm -hmm. and now he's able to make some more money for you know his family and stuff like that and for himself so yeah. you know uh uh honestly huge congrats to him and i'm just look i you know for him to do something like that is like uh basically it's really inspiring especially mm -hmm. for us uh, fellow canadian fighters out here would you ever consider a move up to 175 and take on jean pascal in montreal uh i mean 175 a little, I mean it's not like it's big because I, I walk around pretty big too but uh, to fight Jean I mean uh, I like Jean I like Jean and uh, but I mean like if, if people would want to see that fight hey like I'm not one to like to say no to stuff like that I'm sure it would be a huge opportunity and we'd, we'd make for a great fight you know I love like Jean's a really cool guy I'm cool with him every time I see him it's always love you know uh, and I think it'd be the same thing in the ring I mean it's not uh you know, if, if if he was up for it, and I'd be like, okay, let's do it, man. It's a fight to fight, right? So, yeah. Now he the, I believe that nothing's been finalized yet, but there's talk of him uh, taking on Badu Jack. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a stiff challenge. What what's your take on that fight? Um, I mean, uh, I guess Badu's fully recovered from that crazy cut that yeah. he had. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly. The way Jean's been, I mean, the way he's able to just kind of like, like do those spurts. He's just so unorthodox to guys right now. It's hard to like, you know, maybe you might be beating up on him, but he just comes with these wild shots that you don't see sometimes. And uh, we've seen Badu drop. We've seen Body not knocked out actually. So I mean, you never know. Jean might pull this off again and uh, get himself another real because he's interim world title, like another world title shot. So um, would be cool to see. I think, I think Bat. It's hard to take. It's hard to see. I, I, yeah. I think I think we're gonna be surprised. Like I think we're just gonna be surprised. I think uh, I think Jean might surprise us again. Yeah. The, well, the thing the thing about Pascal too is he's you can count on him to give a good show. Exactly. Even when he loses, he always you know gives it gives it all he's yeah, got, yeah. and he's a fun fighter oh, to watch. Hundred percent. Yeah. And um, 
Badu Jack versus Adonis Stevenson was a heck of a that fight. That was a great fight, yeah. And I got a feeling that uh, uh, Pascal versus Badu Jack could also it's, be a I, rumble. I believe so, too. It's gonna yeah. be a, I think it's going to be another great fight. There, there could be a clash, another clash, though, because the way Jean fights, there's definitely going to be somebody's getting cut for sure. Uh, so, But I think it's going to be another great fight, and uh, I think Jean might be able to pull it off because I don't think Badu could stop Jean. The only guy who's ever able to stop Jean is Kovalev, yeah. and that's Kovalev. Yeah. So, uh, But everybody else hasn't been able to stop Jean. Jean's a tough guy, great chin on him, yeah. so I don't think Badu can stop him. Maybe outbox him, but it's hard to outbox a guy who's so awkward sometimes too, right? So, um, yeah, so I think, I think Jean might be able to pull off the upset. What do you think happened with the Bivol fight? I mean, he looked... In that fight, he looked like he was done. He looked like Bivol, you know, I don't know if he won every single yeah. round, but pretty close to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Bivol... Is it a situation where styles make fights? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think Bivol is, like, technically he's uh, very good, uh, very smart, um, doesn't really get hit very clean with shots, too. And Jean, maybe he, it was just a thing where, like, okay, it was a money fight, whatever, another world title champ. Uh, you know, shot, but uh, I don't think he didn't look that good in that fight. You're right. So, but I think Bivol too took Jean serious. He didn't take him. I don't think Marcus Brown took Jean serious. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Marcus Brown respected Jean at all, mm-hmm. and maybe just thought it was like, okay, I'm gonna get this fight. It's another tune-up fight for me. You know. So I think Bivol took it a little more serious and you know more cautious. I got a feeling whoever's next, whether it's Badu Jack or someone else, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna respect. Them. Oh, 100 percent. You have to. You have to. You have to. You have yeah. to. You have yeah. to. Jean is always out there, and he's a dog, man, so yeah, you got to respect him. Okay, I'm here with uh, MMA legend David Loiseau of Montreal. We're in the fight city. We're at the Grant Brothers gym, and I wanted to get your take on Jean Pascal's amazing comeback. He defeated Marcus Brown, and he holds a world title again in the light heavyweight division. What did you think of Pascal's performance? Um, I think it was a great performance. Uh, you know, Pascal Pascal's a winner, man. He finds he, f- he finds ways to win, and um, yeah, it, 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 the guy never quit, never gave up, kept fighting. People were saying, "Oh, he was done," and he came back and he fought hard and he won the fight. You know, uh, I think he did great. Yeah. Now. Not that long ago, there was a lot of talk about uh, David Loiseau and Jean Pascal maybe getting in the ring, uh, kind of a uh, echo of uh, of uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, a kind of uh, MMA versus boxing duel. I know that the talks, you know, they they were not. It was not a joke. There was some serious discussion. Um, what uh, what's your looking back? What's your take on all that? Well, he had he had the opportunity, you know, like um, what's it called? He chose to fight uh, uh, another former MMA fighter, uh, Steve Bosse, uh, instead. So, I mean, the door's not closed, but I think I think I think he doesn't want none of this heat, man. I think he doesn't want. I'm too much of a risky fight, you know. I'm 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 much wiser, smarter. I'm faster than I was. I understand the sport of boxing a lot more than than. You know, then people know. I've been boxing with the Grand Brothers for for about close to 20 years, man. So I've been around boxers, pro boxers, for a long time. So yeah, I'm uh, door still open, but you know, it's it's uh, he moved on to different things, and 
I'm open. I'm open to to whatever. But yeah, I I wish him the best. If you if he wants to keep just keep boxing and do his thing. I mean, the door's open also for 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 a fight in MMA with him. But uh, I don't think he, he wants any of that. You know, I think uh, I think that would be his worst nightmare coming to reality. Like you know, <laughs> an MMA fight with me is 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 is, is no joke. Finally, word is that uh, talks are ongoing for a possible Jean-Pascal versus Badu Jack fight. Maybe uh, happening as early as December. Any thoughts on that? And do you think Pascal's got a serious chance to win that fight? Nobody thought he'd beat Brown. Yeah, and man. He's going to be a serious underdog again. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, uh, um, what's it called? I mean, Brown beat Badu Jack, right? Yeah. It, it was a, it was a head, but it was a cut. Yeah, there was a really bad. Yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, bad cut. But um, they let it go the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest, Pascal is that type of guy, man. Always has a shot. The guys, you know, uh, I say winners win, man, and you know, it, it, it's he's got the winner's mindset. You know, he's got he he, he he might be able to find a way to win. You know, and and uh, even though even though we don't we don't get along, <laughs> I believe he could do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is there any particular reason why you and you and Pascal don't get along? He or? talked mad shit about MMA fighters. He disrespects MMA fighters, and 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 when we cross paths, we're gonna have to talk, man. Thank you very much, David. All right, my man. Thank you.